From the 305 to the 303, welcome to TCSP. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Brian and the Casually Serious Band. Welcome to the Casually Serious Podcast. Got guns? guy was really bad and you bring us a tape player is this what welcome to the casually serious podcast sorry sorry i don't i don't like i've i will never like our interns and i i don't think there's anything you can do about that by the way can man so no uh, no that's uh that's your side of this business my friend you keep bringing them in and i will continue to give them a hard time and eventually crush their dreams and fire them because if you're an intern right now um you know, you need to re- just reevaluate things. Really, this just everyone does shit online now. There's no reason for you to be taking shit from people like me. Totally um, agree, especially people yeah. in their what? What are these? These guys are like in their fifties that we're we're getting these interns. I think you generally God. get nineteen to twenty year olds, but no, we got no. guys in their fifties and sixties and girls, right. and we got lots of weird folks in there. But that's why I let you deal with it, my friend. You're good I'll at this you kind of stuff. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah. You're ah. that yeah. You're, that old. you're too old. You may be too young to get that reference, but you're old enough for me to give you shit. At any rate, ladies and gentlemen, how the hell is everybody doing? I apologize. The Casually Serious podcast was not able to grace your presence last week. I was taking off to go to Central Florida, meet up some great friends. We had an amazing fishing trip. It was quite possibly one of the greatest fishing trips I've ever had in my life. And uh, so I just wasn't able to kind of get everything together in order to get that that show so unfortunately uh, i gave ken man the day off i'm sure he had a great time uh and uh, i got back yesterday and um we were able to uh we were able to get this going today so we decided uh ken man decided he wanted to talk about guns so got guns why or why not ken man how the hell are you man how you been I'm for the last week doing pretty well my friend doing pretty well just uh happy that you were able to have that little uh, vacation away with those folks you definitely needed to get together with so yeah um, that that's needed man we all need to do this we all have to be able to get away from time to time and hang out with our friends and people we haven't seen in a long time so it was definitely something that uh, I'm glad you're able to do and certainly was worth missing a week of the casually serious podcast I mean I was bored yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself I had a Tuesday night off I was like what do I do what do I do so I just kind of talk to myself. Do you get DoorDash like it. everyone else? <laughs> nah, you do it. Whatever. Are you getting? Are you getting out? Like, did you get on the weekend? Because I feel like this weekend, before we get into this uh, serious issue casually that right. we're going to get into, um, I feel like this weekend was like the weekend. Now right. I know last weekend was really hot out in Denver, so that was the weekend we went out. We, uh, my wife and I, went out and paddleboarded. It was a beautiful day. But I knew going to Florida, uh, a First of all, no one wears a mask anywhere in Central Florida. I did not see one mask. I wore one a couple of times. It felt like a complete ass face. But it was just everybody was out. Um, I found out that the uh, the uh, um, hotel that we booked, we booked the greatest rooms, by the way, mad, mad props to, to Jay. Uh, every, every room is booked until October out there. And that's Central Florida. Uh, it's... And, and this is a, a way, it was like away from Tampa. It was about two and a, about a two hours, an hour and a half away from Tampa. So it wasn't really some place that you would you can even get to really right away, which is crazy. 
Um, are you seeing that happening in Miami or is it just business as usual? People are flooding the streets with fucking spike bats anyway. <laughs> That's kind of been the norm over here, I got to say. Yeah. Um, South yeah. Florida, though, in particular, truthfully, it's been masked up, though. I got to tell you, man, everywhere we still, everywhere we go, everybody's with masks. Wow. Okay. It's optional at this point. So there are some people that are maskless, but I would say there's a good 80% of folks that we see that are still, you know, fully masked up locally. But as far as getting out, doing, you know, being in groups and partying and stuff, absolutely, man. That's what. Yeah. It's been happening for a while down here, but now that school's out, obviously that's going to increase even more. And that, you know, certainly we're seeing that as well um, with the beaches being full and everything's kind of kicking up again, uh, which is great to see in a lot of ways. But, you know, yeah, obviously there's still there's still some dangers out there for people to just kind of, you know, use your own ways to feel comfortable about what you're doing. And just try to, you know, be be respectful to others as well while you're doing it. That's kind of what I see. As far as me walking into a store, I'm vaccinated. I know I don't have to wear the mask. I still do. It doesn't bother me that much that I really care. And if it, you know, if it means something to someone else to make them feel more comfortable uh, for the next whatever few weeks or months of it, I'll do it. Right on. Yeah. Well, I've definitely noticed there's a hell of a lot of people out right now, and that's a good thing. Um, right. I, I'm I'm vaxxed, so I'm cool. I just figured, hey, you know what the heck? What, let's you might as well ask that question. I just and I see it out here in Denver. It's probably going to happen, you know, this weekend and all that good stuff. But at any rate, we are back with the Casually Serious podcast today. <laughs> got guns? Why or why not? Is the question, and it's a, a very obvious question. You've heard a million times, uh, but you know you haven't heard it from us because this is the first time we're going to talk about it. So you know, fill <laughs> out and maybe don't judge us so damn much, man. We're just trying to bring you some fun content on the internet, and you're giving us shit about it. Already, and we just got on the air. Give us a few Good minutes. God, Drawing, ladies relax, and gentlemen, people. to help us out with this beautiful uh, subject that we're talking about, uh, whether it be bang bang paper, bang bang animal, or bang bang robber, uh, we've got a friend to come in to kind of give some information and how they feel about the whole thing. So let's bring our friend in. That is the most official introduction I've ever had in my life. Your we've name given is you in that, red. We've given you that place card on, I think, two occasions, right? Like we, had, it was, it was one, it was one of the Iron Maiden ones, or I don't, I don't remember. I built that for you for some reason, and uh, you know, because uh, because Cheese was over here decides uh, what what files we're going to use. That's the one we had available for you. Nothing new made. I apologize. We'll it dip works. a couple, throw a couple dollars at the graphical department here, see if we can't get that cleaned up. But Jay, how the hell are you, man? I'm well, sir. I'm well. Sitting in a truck in a rainy day in Seattle. You know, I would go ahead and ask you if you are pro-gun, but I already know you are because all three of us were shooting guns with you when we were like seven. Um, <laughs> we were we were firing Close. fully automatic weapons, and we were uh, shooting Mausers at each other. It was it was just great fun. No, I'm just kidding. I'll tell you the truth. The people that I know, like Jay were extremely careful with their weapons when we were growing up. It was while while we were having fun with them, we didn't point that shit at each other. We weren't playing games with loaded guns, man. Like we were I remember that very much so. I remember always being very responsible with the weaponry. Yeah. And uh whether I was babysitting one of your rifles, Jay, or uh any other weapons that may be in the house, uh, I've always tend tend to felt feel a hell of a lot more comfortable knowing that I have them. Uh, I can speak for my wife by saying she hates it, no yeah. matter what. 
100% opposed to uh, guns in the house. She may be leaning a little bit more towards uh, this my side a little bit more because I know her parents are, are heavily involved in, in arming themselves and, and gun clubs and stuff. So, uh, but you know, I, it's something that I've grown up always um, having, kind of having fun with. And by having fun, I mean learning how to use the weapon properly and having fun and firing at. Of you know water or phone books out at the end of Chrome, whether whatever that may be, um, and then learning how to do that responsibly and always locking it up, and then um, and and then after that maybe some people hunting, but we it, it's always something that we've known that it's either going to be something that we use recreationally or for protection. And I was always happy to know that if I, there was ever one in my hand hanging out with you guys, I learned at very at a very young age that I might not have been exposed to how to handle those weapons. And we weren't eight years old, by the way, I was exaggerating. But, uh, we, we were young. We were younger than I think a lot of people might think uh, handling the weapons we were handling. We, we, we had a lot of artillery in high school. Yes, we did. <laughs> and we that did. was high school. I mean, prior to that, um, for, for Jay and I, at least, we were Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. We did all the scouting things. And with that uh, came a lot of, um, you know, a lot of talking about outdoor um, protections with far as taking guns with you when you went out into the forest to see there for protection, not only from crazy people, but from animals, not necessarily in a hunting and not necessarily killing animals, but just being able to have something to produce a sound to scare something away. Understanding mm -hmm. that when you do discharge a firearm that, you know, that, that projectiles coming down somewhere, there are a lot of crazy folks down here that are constantly shooting weapons into the air. They, they don't understand the, you know, the, the concept of, of how this works. And that's what frustrates me the most, yeah. I think, with gun ownership is basically uh, people not understanding the proper way to handle their weapons. And I think that's something that got instilled into us very young, where, you know, a lot of our stuff was ground in movies that we would see and things like that that kind of turned yeah. us on to some of the weaponry. Um, even that, we still took that understanding that we wanted to learn about this and do so in as safe a manner as possible. And it was mostly our, our family, our scoutmasters, people like that, that actually helped to introduce us in the right way uh, to weapons. Most, yeah, of if you've which, ever seen, most, most of which were ex-military, so. Right. If you've ever right. seen the video on the internet of the people uh, dancing around shooting rifles in the air with like headdresses and stuff like that, that's Kendall. So <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's the, no, I, 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 on a I Tuesday night. always, always go indoors at midnight on new year's. Cause yeah. Right, Cause the guns stuff, are going up are down. Yeah. What goes up? Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to think about that. And, and, and I remember, uh, I remember moving to Texas and it, and it being not much different. Uh, mm -hmm. actually the difference in Texas is they don't let you blow off. At least not in Austin. You can't, you were not as freely able to blow off fireworks like you are in Miami. Right. Um, also, it was actually pretty hardcore because it was a, it was a, they were always afraid of fires. But yeah, if you've got fully automatic weaponry, just go ahead and fire those up in the air. You're good. But be careful with those uh, those little lady, shells, lady fingers, lady fingers, and whatnot. <laughs> Jay, how old were you when you first uh, fired a weapon? Oh goodness, thirteen, twelve, thirteen. Okay. Uh, with my un uncle in Oklahoma, on you know, on a farm, safe out middle of nowhere. Right on. He, he he was in the army. He taught me what to do and how to do it, and always point it down range and never put your finger on the trigger until the until it's time to sh to shoot. And then also in Boy Scouts, that one camp that that Kenny right. and I went to was the pretty rifles. Yeah, it was a pretty extensive firearms program. We have pictures of that actually. Let's take uh, on the ground. 
taking the shots. Yeah. That's yeah. You, were quiet, you were quietly being recruited and you didn't understand it and didn't know <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of militia in the background, I bet. That's yeah. great. Jay would have been recruited because he actually is a good shot. I am terrible. So <laughs> they wanted well, nothing about, to do with me. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Were you were you right around the same age? It was about the same age. For me, it was with my father. He was the first one to take me to a gun range. He uh, he kept a three fifty seven, uh, a good old school, you know, a dirty, dirty, hairy type of gun, you know, the one that you could throw at somebody in case you run out of bullets because it's so damn big and heavy. But it was um, – <laughs> It was it was it was a it was a gun that you know was fun to shoot. So him and my neighbor actually brought me out. My neighbor was armed pretty heavily as well at the time. God rest his soul. <laughs> sure. I, yeah. yeah they, you know, let's leave my names out of it. But yeah, <laughs> that yeah. guy. That so, guy. So he uh, so he brought you know my brought dad brought his three fifty seven and George went ahead and brought you know eighteen weapons. So um, we had a long day. We went through a bunch of weapons. I learned a lot both. Um, traumatically in some cases as well I, you know a couple of things i did wrong he uh, this neighbor of mine very emphatic of making sure i understood what i did wrong uh embarrassed the hell out of me in front of a lot of people uh, to this day i remember but you know what it worked because what i was doing was wrong and it was dangerous and as much as he made a big deal out of it there was a reason he did and i think that actually helped me as well to help other people when we handle our weapons. Uh, when I go shooting with people that maybe have not done it that often and don't feel that comfortable, to try to make them feel more comfortable around the weapon and understand it a little bit better and why you do certain things in a certain way. So that that to me was very early on that that we had learned that. And I, and I credit my father for for being able to do that with me because I knew where he kept his gun, even at a, at a young age. I could have gone and grabbed that at any time, but I understood what that, that gun was and I understood what it could do. And that was not something at all I was interested in doing. I remember at a very young age, uh, my brother had an M16 and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe a 357, a gorgeous chrome 357 wood handled uh, Magnum. And I, I remember the first time stumbling upon it completely unzipped, just hanging out in his closet, but knowing like, okay, don't grab that. Like, you know, right. cause I knew that what they were shooting on Starsky and Hutch were murdering other people on the end of that. They obviously weren't showing that to us, but they were right. getting hurt and bloodied. I didn't want that to happen in my freaking hand. Uh, I had garbage pail kids to collect. So, but I remember seeing that and saying, okay, that's, that's crazy. But I don't, I don't, my brother never like took me and said, all right, Hey, you're coming with me to the range. I truly, I truly believe my very first times being exposed to loading and firing a, a weapon are with Jay, yeah. like like no lie, dude. Like mm -hmm. and it wasn't that wasn't in any capacity any more professional. It was just that he, you're not going to be able. He's not going to hand you the gun if you can't fucking load it and shoot it. Like so, you had to learn that first, and then when right. you learn it, you were able to shoot. You know, and then Mike would come around with the snake charmer. So we would uh, have a lot of fun with a lot of different weapons, <laughs> but. Um, it was Jay well, that actually showed me how to handle weapons and fire them and load them and, and all that good stuff. That's such a bad influence on people. I, I think your influence also, you had a little bit of an influence from a neighbor of yours as well. If you want to think my neighbor was a little crazy and armed to the teeth, there was a guy lived around the corner from Jay who he had everything. This guy, I believe, was ex-military, and he had just about everything you can think of. He had a room inside of his house that you couldn't get to. You wouldn't know that room existed. It was a secret room that you could. I never personally been in there. I believe Jay's been in there once. I know another one yeah. of our friends was in there. I've never been in there. I've only heard of it. But this is where he kept like 
the this real deals. I mean, you know, there were flamethrowers and rocket launchers and just all types of different, you know, rifles, assault rifles, handguns, collectibles. I mean, grenades. I mean, live grenades. It was, I mean, mines. The guy had everything. It was unbelievable. And just a house in Kendall. And this guy had it all. It was a spooky thing. So, Jay, that gentleman, we won't mention his name. Does that gentleman, how, how, how much did he kind of rub off on you into just maybe the fascination or understanding or maybe getting a little bit nervous about uh, being a gun enthusiast? Yeah, that's the first time I saw crazy when it came to guns. And my, I think we went to buy a desk one time that he was selling him and it was in that room. And he, yeah, he punched in a key code and the wall moves and it's like walking into Dr. Evil's cave. And even my dad Wait. was like, "You're not going back to that house ever again," because it, <laughs> it was it was it was a hangout. And there, there's that's you can do a whole show on that individual. That he, that went down a dark, dark path. Really, I, really. Yeah. Did they? Did yeah. they? Did he? Did he actually not? Did he? Did he wind up surrendering? I like. <laughs> I no, feel like he, there had to have been a standoff at one point because of that. No, he his house was robbed several times. He was one one of the times he was stabbed something like eighty six times. He was like supplying guns to cartels and stuff. It yeah. Wow. It it, it got dark and heavy and weird, and he still lives there. Every time I'm in the neighborhood, I drive by in the he house. He does. He's still there. Kidding me, dude? I'm telling he's you, still, he's still yeah. there. I drive by that house every once in a while when I'm in that, that wow. area. That house. He's got like a big dummy. Right, it yeah. is. He's got like a yes. full size dummy in the front that looks like a like a guard. It's got like like it's the weirdest house driving by it. I mean, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. He's yeah, uh, he'll he'll yeah, be he's not a stable individual. He's definitely yeah. not a stable individual, and that's a good leading to what we were talking about. Go ahead, Jay, say that. But yeah, that was the first time when I saw crazy associated with guns. Right. And it was like, okay, that's that's a weird hobby, a weird habit that that gets you into weird situations with dangerous, scary people. Right. So that's true. Especially when you get crazy. into trading. Yeah. I got into a I I got into crazy from a good friend of ours that we all know who had a brother uh who was just just crazy. And uh he had a forty five that was sort of held together with duct tape. And we would drive down Chrome and we'd just fire it out the window uh, at the stop signs or whatever the signs until it jammed. And then I would have to give it back to him and he would take it apart and then it would work again. It, it was I like I, I felt like that was like normal for some reason <laughs> back then. Like it, we just passed it around and it was just I don't know how many people had been shot by that gun. We were, you know. It was so crazy in Miami, dude. That like, it, it was just so easy to get your hands on a weapon, dude. So yeah. damn easy at any point in time. Yeah, Miami has always had a huge gun culture, and Absolutely. it usually and it wasn't for hunting. Anyone who says they had a gun for hunting in South Florida, I won't say they were lying, but what do you hunt in South Florida? Nothing. There's no game. There's no wild animals. So everyone that had a gun had it probably for nefarious purposes. There are for wild animals yeah. that are that are standing yeah. up. We have deer. We have deer hunting here. Thank you. We, have the car. we got a month for alligator too. Anyway, the, it's but it's true what he says. I mean, the, a lot of what you know Miami was built on in the eighties was was cocaine, and it was run by gangs. So every there were murders day in and day out, and they were generally all drug related by territories or gangs or groups, and that's where a lot of that was happening. Um, whereas now, uh, gun violence in America has taken a dramatic shift. Uh, to not necessarily being because of factioned gangs or people against each other, but it's individuals. It's individuals that are 
at the point where their repression or whatever it is that's happening inside of them has gotten to the boiling point that they're ready to walk out the door with their loaded weapons and start killing innocent people. I mean, in West Palm Beach, just last week down here, guy just killed a baby. I mean, just walks into a, a supermarket and cold-blooded shoots, a, a not even just before a two-year-old's birthday, and then shoots the grandmother. Doesn't have anything to do with those people. Doesn't know yeah. who those people are. There was nothing about it. The dude came in earlier, walked out because there was a uniformed officer in the store, came back later in and just decided that's who it was going to be today. Shot both those people and then killed himself. This is a different problem we're having. Those people didn't die because they were trying to sell drugs on the same street corner as another guy. There wasn't something else involved there where you can look at a murder like that and say, well, you're going to get yourself involved with that kind of stuff. You're going to get that. Not when somebody's going to buy some freaking produce and now you can't even do that and feel like, you know, you or your loved one possibly is going to get shot. Um, I spoke to a friend personally this past weekend who's afraid to go out. Not just go out, period, but they they don't want to be in big groups. They don't want to be in places where, you know, a a shooter could come into play, you know, And, and they're getting nervous about wanting to go to a movie or just any of these places that these types of things are happening. And that's I got a lot of alerts. I have a big I got a problem. lot of alerts that day. I, I was at a Publix in Central Florida, and I think that it happened right after I posted uh, something on Facebook, like, hey, I had to stop at Publix, you know, like everyone's yeah, yeah, going yeah. away. And someone was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, they didn't know where I was. They just, they just heard, you know, Florida, right. and they were like, dude, were you there? And I'm like, no. But that's just kind of the crazy thing that pops up, all, like, all the time. That's... Uh, Right. Yeah, have you guys? Are you guys watching on Vice? Uh, I Sniper. Have you been watching that at all? No. It's about Lee Malvo, the the DC sniper, and how mm-hmm. all like how it all went down. That's that's some crazy shit right there. Like you start seeing the evolution of these things not being able to happen anymore, probably because of cameras and stuff like that. But um, but gun violence still happens on a massive scale, even though we have uh, all of these and cameras and all these things in place to try to sort of stop that from happening. A lot of people will do it for the camera too. A lot of people want right. to be fam- they want to be famous. They right. want That's their, true. they want their fifteen minutes on the CBS news. We yeah. know we know more about the shooters than we usually do about the victims. Right. We we learn their backstories and this, that, and the other. And we need to stop making those people famous. I totally agree with that. A hundred percent what he's saying is so true. A lot of this is notoriety. And what's sad is that they talk about the largest mass shootings and the ones who's killed, all you're doing is tempting the next one to try to get to 31 or 52 or 78 or whatever yeah. the next number is. And that's the means what's the most frightening because the media does sensationalize it to that point. And, and it's been said time and time again by advocate groups that you've got to keep the shooter's name out of the media. You've got to take that away. And then you're stripping what a lot of these guys want to do away from them. And it is. It could be somebody that's got their name isn't known hardly to anybody at all. But it will be when they're done with what they are going to do. And there's just too much of that that gets planned. And it's too easy to get weapons in this country to not think that just generally anybody in this country could get their hand on a weapon. They absolutely could. Yeah, that's the truth. And I know that uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff that had happened. I know that girl had uh, had. Jumped from Florida to here, bought a shotgun and killed herself somewhere up in Mount Evans, like a few years right. back. There's just yeah, that happened, a yeah. lot of weird stuff, man. And and I I just I don't know. I, for me, it's hard to tell at this point in my life whether gun violence is happening so much or we just have so many cameras that are able to capture the gun violence that has always been there. It's right. hard for me to discern between the two. I 
because coming from Miami, gun violence has always freaking been like what what we see now. We saw that in Miami, dude. Like right. growing up in the seventies, eighties, and nineties in Miami, it, there was nothing but gun violence. So right. I yeah, don't know what it's like to be without it. But it wasn't the random right. school schools, Walmart's places of work. Yeah, you know, there's a meaning how, how probably. Shootings. There's it's it's just the fact, like Kenny said, how how easy it is to get a gun, and that anyone can get a gun, and that as soon as you anyone says that they want to make it harder for someone to get guns, a group will jump to oh they're trying to take your guns. It's right. like there right. you can be you. I own a gun, and I am completely for gun control, because there are people that should have there are people that shouldn't have driver's licenses. There are people that shouldn't right. have kids, and there are people that shouldn't have guns. Right. And it, 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 there's just there's no communication. No one is willing to give an inch on this subject because it, they're just so entrenched in their points of views, and it's it's super frustrating. But the points of views are the are what's skewed, though. This is the problem, I believe, and it's on both sides as far as the argument goes. Because people that are for gun control and then people that are for more gun rights and think there is too much control, I don't believe a lot of them have a gr- a good understanding of what laws actually already do exist and aren't enforced. There's a lot of people that are, are clamoring and screaming for stronger gun control where we have a lot of these laws that just don't get enforced well enough. So because of those loopholes and because of the lack of enforcement, there's so much less that's being able to happen through that type of enforcement or lack thereof and even those laws. So we can come through with as many sweeping laws as we want, but unless they're enforced, we're not going to be able to get anywhere with this. And that means closing the loopholes with the gun shows and the trades, being able to get to a point where there's accountability for these losses of life. Well, obviously the shooter is a big part of that, but is the gun manufacturer, is the ammo manufacturer, is the gun dealer, are any of those liable for any of this? Those are the kind of questions that are starting to be asked. And, and, and I'm not giving an opinion one way or another on it. I'm just saying that those kind of questions are going to be asked because litigation is ultimately what will open this kind of stuff up a little bit more. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a public health issue. These are people that have problems. Nobody is going to walk into a no quote unquote sane individual is going to walk into a crowded group of people and then just start shooting indiscriminately and just killing people you don't even know. You know, most of what we saw growing up, those were targeted killings. They at least to groups or maybe not an individual per se, but you're with this group or you're with this gang or you hang out over there or you're doing this. Those are the people that were targeted. And yeah, innocent bystanders were killed through a lot of that. But now that's not what's happening anymore. Now it's just completely indiscriminate. Nobody's really, it doesn't matter. Uh, This is the location I'm choosing. I'm going to open fire and you don't know when that's going to happen. You don't know if it's at a school, at a concert, mm -hmm. at a movie theater. It's happened at all of them. The Vegas shooting, just firing indiscriminately into a crowd from 200 yards away. I'm glad you said that because that was a very recent thing that I that I started seeing for some reason pop up on my algorithm on YouTube. And I fell into a bit of a, a hole about that and was able to gather all of the video of how he set all of like over the course of many days. He brought, I think it was 22 bags of yeah. weapons and ammo into that one hotel room and then eventually barricade himself in there with. Um, a very, very intelligent system, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, eventually, you know, after he did his thing, he, he blew his own head off. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, that was really one of the ones that got me. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I can, I can, I'm tough about and things like that. Like 9-11, when I see or hear anything about that, I'm probably going to start tearing up and, and maybe getting a little angry, if I'm being honest. Uh, and that Vegas shooting is another one. And that, because that was just, 
that yeah sandy hook yeah, that, that was a you know that was a that That's was a concert worst. that was a concert man and um you know that was just tough to see that was just you know regardless whether i would go to that kind of concert or not man to be able to to know how many concerts i go to a year to to have that be a target was it, it it hit home really hard when that happened man so yeah if if sandy hook didn't change people's opinions on i know mental health is is what all the gun owners yell and gun ownership yeah. is what is what everyone else yells but if sandy hook didn't start a a, a serious ass conversation about guns in america nothing ever will right. nothing will nothing will change yeah, the that fact is, that the fact that it even got labeled by some as a farce. Yeah, there are, there are, there are people out there that, that there are people out there that that totally believe that never happened. Right. That it was all just a false flag to yep. to come and get our guns, which it right. didn't. Nope. But there's it's mental health and stupidity kind of go hand in hand. There you go. And you said it right. That's so perfect that you said yeah. that because you're right. I did mention the mental health aspect earlier, but there is a lot of just straight up stupidity and whether it's just ignorance or stupidity, I don't know. I mean, if people well, can truly be that ignorant or whether or not they just are not mentally you know, intelligent enough, I can't answer that question, but it seems to me like at some point you're going to have a conversation with yourself before you load up that many magazines and then start walking into a crowded place to start opening fire. To me, you're gonna have some kind of conversation in your head about what you're about to do. And if you can't rationalize that and determine that what you're doing is not the right thing to do, then obviously we have a mental health issue with that particular individual. If you're going to a party where you know there's a bunch of people you don't like, that's different. That's premeditated in a way that you understand exactly what you're doing and you're targeting that. So. These problems we're having now is they're trying to dissect a little bit more as to what these shooters are thinking and what they're doing. Uh, we see a lot of the like of different terms coming up, you know, like incel. That's a big term that we really hear that I was not at all familiar with, you know. And and this is a a involuntarily celibate individual, I guess, is what this is. They're talking about now with social media and pornography, the way it's set up online. That there's people that are so into this that they're celibate supposedly involuntarily because society is not allowing them to get laid this is generally a male thing by the way yeah, this is 100%. not a, a female well, this is a male thing right here and i'm sorry, I was floored when i heard about it right we all we always joked about the person that lives in their mom's basement until they're 45. right and it's and right. it's become it's become a an actual word yeah, and it's been it's almost it's been diagnosed to this now to yeah. what this is happening here. And and the involuntary part is the part that gets me because at the end of the day, they're they're this is their claim. This is the incel claim, is that it's yeah. involuntary. But it's not, it's fully voluntary. And that's the part that I don't think you know society understands as to what's happening to these people because they feel like they are just sexually eliminated from a, even any chance at all of being able to get with a girl or being able to get laid or how or they're scared about their own sexual shortcomings or whatever it may be and those things lead them to getting to where the repression gets them to where they're so angry that this is the only way that they're going to be able to show they, they need to go out there and they need to prove that they're now the stronger person not the jocks on the football team that treat women like nothing and they get them in and out and these type of guys wish they could grab one of those you know and and they're pissed yeah. at those guys so now those guys are targets the girls that aren't talking to them are targets for no reason whatsoever other than not wanting to talk to this very odd person that doesn't know how to come up and just speak to people or talk to people and and this is 
a, a, an issue that that goes to mental health for sure, but it also goes to society in general, trying to be able to, to locate these folks and, and being able to see them, whether it's through schools or peers or family, these things need to be brought out more. And these people do need to get the help because some of them, I think in this situation, need to be just talked to. They need to listen to somebody that can help them understand what they're going through and how they can get out of that. I've always thought that legalized prostitution would cut down on several mass shootings. Agreed. Because they're I, usually they're usually angry men who are socially awkward, who can't find a girlfriend, and they they take it out on society. Right. And they believe it's society's fault. They don't believe yeah. it's their fault at all. That's the whole point to it, which is what makes them even more angry because they're mad at society. And that's why they're going to come back and, and unleash this the way they're doing it, whether it's targeted to an individual or it's going to be to a group of people or however they're going to handle this. But I've, I've always thought that you should have to get references if you want to buy a gun. Because yeah, there, are, we we all know people that shouldn't have guns. Growing up, I was probably one of those people that a lot of people thought shouldn't have a gun. But there should be a way where if if Joe Schmo walks into a store, they can call Joe Schmo's parents, cousins, coworkers, and be like, "Are you? Do you think he should have a gun?" Because, but, right. And that's that going to be a huge argument. You're never going to get that across because you're putting that into somebody else's hands now. You know, and that's like mental health evaluations having to go through Baker Act and have families to do these things. They need to loosen the the, the, the reins on that as well. It can't be you. It can't be easy to put somebody into a mental institution, and it can't be easy to get somebody to not be able to have a gun. But at the same time, those should those those uh, discussions should be had. But I don't think they'll ever be able to make a decision based on that. If you flat out don't have any felonies and you haven't shown to be any kind of disruption to society, I don't know but, how they're going to be able to listen to a family member that says, oh, I don't think you should have it. Well, what? that guy just doesn't like me. And my uncle hates me. That's why he's saying that. He doesn't want me to have a gun. That's not fair. Yeah, but, if, every, but if everyone in the family. Well, I, yeah. Well. Or everyone in the community. <laughs> like, if you put up the faces of all the, the people that are in mass shootings, they all tend to look the same. They all tend to have the same markers. They all tend to have the same behaviors the same issues, the same problems, not saying everyone who has those issues will end up doing that. But if you check off enough things on a list, yeah, you probably shouldn't have a AK 47. Right. I'm not, I'm not talking about taking away anyone's 30 odd six that lives in Idaho for deer hunting. Cause I've lived up in Idaho and I've gone deer hunting. Yeah. But we start getting I, into I that conversation with calibers and, and how big is well, the barrel and stuff like that. That's, that's where people go to when, when we talk about a specific weapon, they don't like. Yeah. There are certain weapons that are purposely designed to kill as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. Yes. The average American, the average human shouldn't have that. I didn't right. need an AK 47 when I was 18, but I went out and bought one on my 18th birthday. It's that weapon is the married female. I mean, sorry. No, it's absolutely. Uh, Kenny and I had this conversation before we started, and I don't think I'll get into it. But yeah, having a girlfriend <laughs> helps <laughs> alleviate uh, it, uh, alleviate the anger that that a lot of those people in their basements playing Call of Duty twenty four hours a day. When I was when I was introduced to that incel, I I, and I was I was I was told by a that a person that I didn't think would be telling me that information. And I was just kind of floored. And she was like, yeah, these people say that they're involuntarily celibate and that 
for that, that basically they're saying everybody but them is the reason why they are not having sexual mm -hmm. intercourse. Right. Which is, is crazy to know that people can get together and say, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're just sort of lazy. We don't really want to go out and get laid. We'd rather just have laid come to us. And since that's not happening, we're going to start a club and, uh, we're going to, I don't know, hand out, like, I don't know, I guess that would just be like blue. I don't know what they would do. That just seems very odd to me. If you think, if you think about it, like mm -hmm. the, the internet has connected lone weirdos that would usually just be sitting in their basement talking to themselves. And now they're getting affirmation from a, tell me about it. From <laughs> I'm not in the basement. I'm at work. But <laughs> I lost my train of thought with your special effects. Damn it. <laughs> but, Big head Jay. Yeah, but the internet has has introduced people to like minded individuals, and usually that doesn't end up well. When nope. a group of Normally, when yeah. a group of people gets together and starts chanting about their beliefs and their theories, it usually goes down a dark, dark rabbit hole. QAnon or whoever, because because they're validating, they're validating yeah. their thoughts with each other. And that's the spot and, that I think really creates that problem. And there are and these 4chan and all these other websites with these guys feeding, on. feeding into their insecurities, feeding into their, their anger, their, their mania, their, their hatred, whatever it is. And yeah. Right. Yep. That's exactly what, that's exactly that's, what I think is, is a big part of the reason why these guys are able to kind of feel like they're empowered because they do have these forums of others that are like, look, this, this one's the same. This guy's just like I am. This guy's and, talking my language here. So it's just, it's just validating more and, and more and giving and, them more strength to go do this. And in today's society, if there's someone on the top of a building threatening to kill themselves, half the crowd will start chanting jump. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they, I, I because they we, we, want we, to see it. We've regressed a lot in that manner where we are sort of like the, uh, um, you know, watching people, you know, live, like we always joked about live executions and stuff like that. Like we basically are already seeing that it's just not sponsored by McDonald's yet. You know what I mean? Like we are seeing that because we have access to all the videos that everybody puts on their telephone. And I, I find it, I, it's tough for me to kind of grasp. I was saying this earlier, obviously, whether we're just seeing it more and it's just always been that way or not. I don't really know, but I do know <clears throat> at some point or another, and I don't know if it was vocally or just the fact that we clicked on it and watched it so much at some point it was cool to get popular for killing a bunch of people. Right. You know, and and, and it, it has a lot to do with social media. Obviously we don't know a lot of the names that, you know, I don't remember the Vegas dude's name, off the top of my head, I actually had to kind of dig into that to find that out. So they kind of, they did say it a lot after I saw it. I remember seeing it, but that's only because I knew somebody that was sort of had that name. But the, I do see a couple times where they're, they're actually really good about either saying the name or just showing the picture and then not just, just not circulating that picture over and over again. It usually has to do with like, you know, killings at schools and stuff like that. But you look at the names you do remember, Ted Kaczynski, right? Bundy. I mean, you know, there, there, there's guys that you do remember, but you remember them because of just how they were, those characters were, those individuals were, and how they were known for a period of time through what they were doing and the evil that they were doing as well. Whereas when a shooter goes out there, you know what, that's it, dude. When, once that, that you squeeze the trigger, whether you've killed anyone, you hurt anyone, you didn't do anything, you're yeah. in trouble. <laughs> you're, you're either going to kill yourself 
you're going to be caught. You're going to go to jail. You're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. You're going to be either way. Your your life is over from the minute you pull the trigger the first time. Regard and not necessarily regardless of what the outcome is, because obviously that can change things. But regardless, in general, you've already taken that step. Bundy and Kaczynski put a lot more thought and effort into what they did than the guy who pulled up in front of the nightclub in Miami and just started shooting. I totally agree with that. You're it's, 100% Human life has almost no value anymore as far as those guys over there, whoever they I'm just going to shoot into this crowd, and if I get the dude I'm shooting for, cool, and if I don't, I'll send a message that way. Yeah, but and in that case, I mean, it was because they, they were they he was specifically trying to kill homosexuals. I mean, that's to me, you know, he had a he had was premeditated in the sense of that he knew he was going to that club for that oh, no, reason. No, yeah, no, no, I wasn't talking about the 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 Orlando the Pulse, one. The Pulse, the Pulse. Okay, yeah, okay, I was, okay, I was okay. talking about the one that happened in Miami at the rap concert on Miami. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. and and you're yeah, right. No. That was someone. They were they there was a target there, but you're right. They were shooting the guy, indiscriminately in a crowd. And the guy who shot up the Pulse nightclub turned out to be homosexual and himself he went, repressed he went he went back there because someone turned him down right he right. finally he finally tried to, to hit on a guy and it didn't go well so he came back the next week and and killed as many people as he could yep That's i actually exactly watched right. uh i recommend you guys watch this for anybody who is who even knows anything about the story but i just watched the netflix special sons of sam where they're talking about the other story with um um Berkowitz. David Berkowitz yeah and the other people that were involved in the killings that the cops were just like we don't care dude like th we got this guy and we don't care about anybody else that might have been connected to it like it's pretty interesting and it and it is directly related to they used just pistols as the fear the the fear tactic um because everybody had pistols there I think it was a 44 they called him the 44 caliber killer so that was a big we've had stories since we were kids, these you know specific weapons are always labeled or even woven into some people's names. Uh, and I remember, I remember being a kid with a blue 357 Magnum water gun that was literally the size of like a 44 Magnum. I remember having that as a kid and being very sad when my mom took it away from me for whatever dumb shit I was doing. But uh, gun culture, like like Jay said, that's that's a that's a Miami thing. It always kind of has been a South Florida thing. Uh, and, and it was not a, it was, it wasn't a big deal growing up. I bought an AK 47 because that's what the kids used in, in red Dawn yep. that, you know, that was the, and, and that's what the bad guys always used. And I wanted to be a bad guy. So say hello to and the I bad just... guy to, to anyone who says that children aren't influenced by music, TV and video games are delusional because they, they totally right. are hundred percent. Because I listened to NWA and I watched Red Dawn and I, I went to Don Carter's and played Operation Wolf, the shooting game. And on my 18th birthday, I went out and bought a submachine gun because right. that's what I that's what I've been playing with my whole life as a kid. We went to Europe and we went into stores. They didn't have toy guns there in, in the in the gun, in the toy sections. Nope. It's it's Nothing. an American thing. And you walk into Walmart yeah. and there's a there's a whole aisle of Legos and bicycles and there's an entire aisle of toy guns. Right. Right. Which it's. It's very true. And I mean, if you look at gun ownership alone and just statistics to gun ownership, it's amazing what it is in this country. I mean, the the percentage of ownership in the United States compared to literally every other country on this planet, it just doesn't even come close. It's and like that's a sick, a sick experiment almost. It, it is. And it's at the point now where, you know, what do we do? You know, what, what, what do we do to make this any better? The problem is there's just so many weapons out there. And if you look at guys like myself and Jay with, 
that we both own assault rifles for, for different reasons, maybe more novelty. I mean, for my home protection, I'm grabbing my nine millimeter. If there's a noise in the middle of the night, I'm probably not going to go get the AK, to be honest with you. If I got enough time to grab it and pull that shit back real quick to make them go back out the window they came in, I will. But more than likely, I'm using the nine. So if the government had a proper buyback system that really valued my weapon as to what my weapon is valued at, I would probably sell my assault rifle back to the to the government to be destroyed more than likely, but for a fair value of what my weapon is worth. I'm not worried about my weapon hurting anybody. I'm not going to hurt anybody with it. What you have to be concerned with is if your weapon gets into somebody else's hands. How well are you protecting your weapon to make sure that someone breaks into your home, that your weapons aren't going with them, that you don't have family or friends or anyone else that can even get to them? People need to be more responsible with their weapons because a lot of what's on the streets today are not weapons. They're, they're, the serial numbers are scraped on them. There's no way to trace them back to anybody anymore. And there's so many in circulation, so many in circulation. There are more more guns than people in this country. Right. And there's no way in the world that you're going to get all of those weapons off the street. But you can start mm -hmm. with something like a buyback system. It'll cost the government a good chunk of money. But hell, if the government can spend $25 million and say we were able to take out, you know, so many hundreds of thousands of weapons off the street, you, you've done a good thing. You've done something positive there. Maybe a lot of them are coming from some more responsible gun owners like myself. But at the end of the day, that's one less weapon that's on the street uh, that could possibly fall into the wrong hand. So I feel like there's a lot of methods that we could start taking to try to at least lessen the amount and then to slow the flow down as far as what people are getting and what they're buying. I, I'm never going to tell anybody that they can't own a weapon in this country. First of all, it's a constitutional right. I'm 100% behind the Second Amendment, and I fully believe that there's no situation at all that ever comes to where American citizens aren't going to be able to arm themselves. But like Jay said earlier, a lot of these are weapons of war. There's no reason for American citizens to have weapons of war. There's not. They're not going to help you out in the hunting fields. They're not going to help you when you're trying to protect your home. These weapons are not for that. And no reason why we should be selling armor-piercing bullets. I mean, these things should not be able to be attainable by the standard American citizen. And I know I'll get a lot of argument for a comment like that. But it, and I liked it. I want we wanted it, like Jay said too. It was really just like, hey, we were kids. That was cool. I like that gun. I want to get it. I bought my AK off a Miami-Dade police officer. Okay, I, I'm telling you, like this was this is how it is down here in South Florida. It was all legal, by the way. But it's the way I purchased mine. So. You can buy things legally, you can have them responsibly, but at the end of the day, it's still there. And if you can find a way to eliminate some of the weapons, that's a good start. And trying to keep certain weapons out of the hands of the American public in general. It'll take decades to finally work, the, but it's got to start. Yeah, the person that has his AR-15 to protect himself against the government coming to get him doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, understand, doesn't understand how tanks work. No, <laughs> you know he's got a fifty caliber on it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, mo most gun owners that I know are paranoid, delusional, insecure, middle-aged white men right. whose lives aren't going exactly the way they wish they were, and they got to blame someone else, and they think the government's going to come and take away their guns. The government Ridiculous. doesn't give a damn about your guns. At all. Pay your, just pay your taxes. Mm -hmm. and, right. don't, and don't go killing people. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, yeah. you're going to... But that's not what it's about. And it does become a big argument politically, which I think is absolutely ridiculous, because at the end of the day, there's going to be positive to talk about on both sides. Gun control. Most gun owners want gun control to a point. 
But when they hear gun control or gun reform, to to them, it's immediately they're coming to get the guns. Well, they're coming to get the guns. Well, to get the be, guns. And, and the NRA reinforces that. The NRA right. tells tells their members, they those other people want to take their, your guns, and we're the ones that can stop them. So give us right. money. Join our club. Look, Clinton and, was and, supposed to take our guns. Eight years of Clinton didn't take our guns. Obama was going to take our guns. Eight years of Obama, Obama didn't take our guns. Nobody's taken our guns. Carter was going to take our guns. I, Roosevelt, it, it seems, Roosevelt was going to take our guns. Nobody's taking our guns. That's it's, it. Just get that through y'all's head, and then from there, let's come up with some just some sensible, sensible gun reform that will actually be enforced. Because if we keep throwing these laws out there, we don't enforce anything. It's not going to matter. We have tax evasion laws up the ass. People evade ta paying taxes all the time. The enforcement can only do so much at the end of the day. But each state has to be responsible. The federal government has to be responsible, and the punishments have to be far, far more severe. Because if the punishments that they are now for, for going against a lot of this stuff is what it is, at the end of the day, more people will take the chance doing it because it's not that bad. But if you actually incarcerate somebody for a few years, you're definitely going to start proving a point. Nobody's going to want to go to jail for that. And I'm talking about a lot of guys that are on the streets and that are getting guns because they don't, they're, they're too much of a, and I'm sorry for this word, but too much of a fucking pussy to be able to put their fists up and fight somebody. They got to go run out immediately once they're, once they've had themselves, they, they feel dissed by somebody. They got to go get the gun. They got to go start shooting people because it's just a freaking group of pussies. Nobody wants oh, to try God. to fight, defend themselves anymore. You're just going to pull the trigger because you're a bunch of pansies. And every one of these people that walk in and start shooting, they're nothing but losers. They're cowards. They're pansy little bitches. You think you're a tough guy. You're a fucking loser. Every one of you and anybody who's thinking that this is a good idea, you are also a major loser. And it's not valuing human life. Growing up, in, growing up in a society that doesn't value life. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't, I don't, I think that's part of the culture right now. It, it, obviously, because if it wasn't, why would, why would they just be targeting multiple people instead of somebody, uh, you know, one person in particular? It's and, always right. indiscriminate. Right. And, and that is, that's a complete devaluation. And it yeah. can go back, and but but individuals, it can go back to their childhood upbringing. We we learned about guns and how to value life because we had two loving parents who were always around. A lot of kids don't have that. They and they grow up on the streets with their friends, and they it it's us. It's an us versus them mentality. And if they come into our neighborhood, or if they try to if they take over our corner mm. or what, it's it's such a it's an onion with so many layers. Mm -hmm. and, it is. Yeah, and, it, and the easy and, and the easiest way to start would be making it so much more difficult for people to get guns. Right. Right. And we're not saying that in doing that, that you're not going to be able to get a gun. You just have to be able to go through proper channels, then do things the right way. And I know a lot of people say they all exist already. <laughs> blah, 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 yeah, blah, and if, blah. If you, There's if you plenty if more. You, if you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. Right. And that's not what we want either. Like, you know, we were, I was talking about this with a friend. Yes, I believe it was Jay. Actually, We were talking about the fact that nobody's ever going to invade this country. Nobody's coming to our shores. First of all, we've got one of the greatest militaries in the world. But on top of that, we've got the most psychopathic freaking citizens in this country. Indeed. Every single one of them. And the thing is, a lot of those guys wear that as a badge on their shoulder. And they say, that. well, that's why I want to be out here well, in my little militia group out in the middle of the woods in Montana. Because we're going to be the ones that all you guys are going to be 
hiding behind because we're going to be the first ones protecting you when that happens. Look, well, at the end of the day, when they come to our shores, no matter your political affiliation or anything in between, we're all going to be shoulder to shoulder to protect our country. Because even though we might have our differences and how we want to go about making America great, we all do want that. And we are patriots nonetheless. So Yo. if our country gets attacked, and the last time we saw this was 9-11, that solidarity that, that existed and we saw still shows in this country. Unfortunately, it may take something as crazy as an actual invasion to see something like that. But I'll tell you what, man, I believe truly that gun. this country, shoulder to shoulder, will defend her. But gun owners and gun manufacturers, their rallying cry isn't defending the homeland against a foreign invader. It's right. we have our guns to keep our government from overstepping their bounds. Which is ridiculous because we don't have an F-22. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm but saying, I just it's ridiculous. You're not gonna yes. fight our government. Our government will fuck you up and that's it. I don't care how many you have. I don't care how many little militias you have. You're, I don't care about local. any of that stuff. You'll never, ever, ever outpower the United States military. So that's your not gonna happen. Your local SWAT team will fuck you up. But like. Exactly, take <laughs> but that out of, of your mouth. Because you but, sound but like an of, idiot when you say it, like a freaking moron when that but, argument gets said. But they're not talking about overthrowing the military. They're talking about overthrowing a tyrannical government, and they believe that the military will come in on their side, that they will be the standard holders and that everyone else will see the tyranny that they're standing up against, even though we just went through – we're not – talking next politics. next next week on, on ts on our show i can't even say the damn acronym we're gonna Worked have up. a civics lesson we're gonna talk civics because man that's what this country needs you I people need to college. understand what this you have to understand american government you have to understand what our democracy mm -hmm. is about you have to understand what the u.s constitution means and what our independence is in this country we are not venezuela we are not cuba we cannot become those nations what this nation was actually founded on is to be able to have those exact protections against not only our government, but even ourselves in these situations. And the more we pull away from that, the more we're taking away from what America truly is. And I know a lot of this is also when you said earlier, the white American guy with this and that, some of it comes to that in the sense of racism, not saying they're all racist. I'm saying they're seeing that the white America is changing. And we are starting to get more brown, not, and they're not, starting to be, and we, and they want to preserve the whiteness of America. Not but how? Not, how do we do that? Not every gun, <laughs> not every gun owner is a racist, but every racist owns a gun. Yeah, well, that and and that's probably a good point. But I, and I'm not trying to make that that connection. I'm just trying to say that a lot of this stems from the fear that the government is sliding too much to a situation. A lot of this has to do with immigration, obviously, but because the ignorance in this country and people not wanting to spend the time to actually study laws in place and things that we actually do allow in this country, the ignorance allows that to mm. be fed into them so they can just be more angry that their government is making bad decisions and thus they need to have weapons to be right. able to be there in case that overthrow ever does happen. It's like it's so, it's so much, but it's so much easier to watch a video on YouTube than read the Constitution, and the oh, Constitution and the Constitution is a flawed. It is, but it's a living, breathing it, it, document. It's something that if you understand what it was written for and the reasons why our well, founding fathers wrote it the way they did, these these more these these points still exist today. The same repression and oppression that they separated from to create this country is exactly what we're still dealing with within the confines of our own democracy. That's the part that actually, to me, is asinine and why I get so livid with people that just don't understand 
basic American government. If you don't understand it, stop talking about it. Stop pretending you know what you're saying because ultimately you're just making yourself look like a fool. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this. Let's learn a little bit more. You're right. It's easier to watch a YouTube video of some crazy person that you think knows what they're talking about. Hell, the show you're watching right now, I'm one of those crazy people. Don't listen to me or anything we say on here. But goddamn, man, don't go out there taking word from everyone else and then applying that to your everyday real life. Use some sense. Indeed, indeed. Freak we've only got a, we've only uh, we got like a couple minutes left. Uh, Jay, anything you uh, anything you want to put out there before we get on out of here, man? Uh, I am a gun owner. Um, I am, however, for much stricter gun control. And if Kenny Kenny spoke about the buyback, I looked de- the state I lived in, the city had had a buyback program, and they offered me a fifty dollar gift certificate at Home Depot, which is just ridiculous. Okay. It's insulting. Yeah. So yeah, if, someone, if if they came to me and offered me a thousand dollars for it, I'd probably sell it. I'd turn right. it in. I, I will never. I'd know. I'll never pawn it. I'll never sell it. Yeah. Um. I'll either turn it in, keep it till the day I die, or dismantle it and destroy it. Right. Right. So to keep it off the streets. Right on, man. <clears throat> well, it's obviously it's all very something that uh, that everybody has a strong opinion about. So I'm glad we were able to. Uh, talk about it, at least get some opinions out. So Jay, I thank you so much for joining us again on TCSP as you have uh, at least a dozen times. It finally stopped raining in Seattle. So friend of the show. That's awesome. Uh, Very, yeah. Friend of of the show, man. Um, Ken, man, we're going to get out of here. Anything you want to say before we take off? No, that's about it for me, man. I think I said enough to all you guys tonight. So I look forward to seeing all of y'all next week. You said it all. You might have said too much. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe. Sorry. You guys have a great night, and thanks so much for tuning in. Take care. At least we have guns.